if you brought your Bibles this morning, and I hope that you have, turn with me to the book of Mark. I want to read to you a few scriptures this morning out of Mark uh, chapter 11. So if you'll turn with me to Mark chapter 11, and we'll start at the 11th verse, chapter 11 and verse 11. Uh, I, I'm Really to get the full picture, you need to read, study this whole chapter. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole chapter this morning. I'm just going to read a few select verses out of the chapter that um, emphasize the point that I'm trying to make this morning. I believe that the Lord would have me to make this morning. And I will try to uh, talk a little bit about and fill you in on what you need to know about the rest of the chapter here. Uh, but this would be a good good chapter for you to go home. If you don't know what, what you're going to read in your Bible today or looking for something to study, this chapter would be a, a good one for you to do that. And I think it would probably help you maybe a little bit with some of the things that I'm preaching about this morning. Mark chapter 11, hopefully you found that now. Verse 11 says, And Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple. And when he had looked round about upon all things, and now the evening tide was come, he went out unto Bethany with the twelve. And on the morrow, when they were come, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of the figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Let us go to the Lord together in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just humbly come before you this morning. We thank you, Lord, for the good day and for the many blessings. We thank you, Lord, for the roof you've put over our head. We thank you, Lord, for the nation that we live in, the freedom we have to gather here without any kind of fear or persecution. We thank you, Lord, for our church family and friends. We thank you, Lord, for just all the blessings that you've poured out on us. Lord, I think of the ones that, that have fought and, and, and sacrificed and bled and died for the freedoms that we have. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for that. But we know that ultimately it's a gift from you, and we give you the praise and the glory. And so, Lord, I just pray as we go forward this morning in this service, Lord, there's been several needs that's been mentioned here. We have several among us that are sick. I pray, Lord, that you would touch each one of them, give each one of them the healing touch in the body that they stand in need of. I pray that you would strengthen them. I pray that you would bless them in a special way. And I pray also, Lord, for uh, the services that's taking place right now for, uh, in our sister churches around, Lord. And I pray, Lord, for uh, our service here this morning. Lord, uh, you know the hearts of each one that is here this morning. There's nothing that's a surprise to you, nothing that is hidden from you. And so, Lord, my prayer this morning is, is that you would move in a mighty way. God, that you would meet every need here this morning, and we'll be sure and give you every bit of the glory for it. Lord, so I'm just asking, Lord, have your way and your will, <coughs> excuse me, in your way and your will in our services here this morning. Move in a mighty way. God, do what only you can do, and we'll give you the glory for it. Lord, I'm asking if there's any that's lost among us, Lord, let today be the day that they would repent and get things right with you before it's everlasting too late. Convict their hearts, Lord God. Don't give them any peace until they would turn to you and repent of their sins. God, my prayer this morning is, is that every one of us would leave here with a greater hunger for your word.
Lord, a greater desire to walk close to you and a greater burden for a lost and dying world. And Lord, I'm, let me ask one more thing of you this morning. Uh, I need your help here this morning. Uh, not only physically and strength, I need you to give me the voice. I need you to give me the wind uh, to preach your word here this morning, but I need you to give me the words to preach here this morning. Lord, my desire is to preach uh, your message, your thoughts, your words, uh, uh, under your power, your anointing, Lord, uh, by your will. And so, Lord, that's what I'm asking, Lord. Clear my mind of everything except for your message, your thoughts, your words. And place on my tongue the very words you'd have me to speak. Give me the strength and the breath to get those words out. Lord, help me just preach. Lord, I just desire to pour it out from my spirit to theirs. And I'll give you the glory for it, every bit of the glory for it, because you alone are worthy. Lord, have your way and your will in our midst here this morning. We love you. We worship you. We praise your holy name. And we ask it all in the precious and holy name of Jesus. Amen. Somebody one time said, now understand this is one of these things to make a point. It's, you know, they didn't take a survey so it's not accurate in that sense. But it is accurate as, as far as it is it's true. You know, it's one of them things to make a point. Anyway, someone once said, and I've probably shared some of this with you before, but someone once said, 20% of all church members never pray. 30% of all church members don't attend church anymore. Their name is written in, the, in, in a book somewhere, but they don't come or they hardly ever come. 40% of all church members never give financially of their material means to any cause whatsoever. Anything but feed their own belly. 50% of all church members never even give financially to their own church, the church that they attend, that they're a member of. 60% of all church members never attend church more than one time a week, at the most. And anymore we see more like people come twice or three times a month and they figure that's good enough. 70% of all church members never give or contribute in any way to missions. 80% of all church members would never go to any kind of a prayer meeting. 90% of all church members never worship as a family at home outside of church. And 95% of all church members have never won a single soul to Jesus Christ. Listen to me this morning. Our churches are perishing. Our Christians are not bearing fruit. Our neighbors are going to hell and we seem to be unconcerned. That's my point this morning. When we look at these scriptures that I brought to you here this morning, it's, it's interesting um, it, it can be a bit, this section of scriptures can be a bit confusing. You might have read through that and be like, well, why is Jesus cursing 
this fig tree that's not bearing fruit. That doesn't make any sense. Why would he say that? Why would he do that? You know, that's probably a pretty common question. Let me say this one little thing before I get into this and explain this. Don't feel bad for this tree, all right? There's some people who be like, well, that poor tree, it couldn't help it. It didn't do anything wrong. Don't feel bad for this tree, all right? This tree had a purpose, and God, and it was to illustrate this point, to make the point, and that tree fulfilled its purposes. It done exactly what God wanted to do. It could not ever do any more than that. I think about that so often. Sometimes we do that same thing. We'll see somebody maybe with, that has a problem or a difficulty or, 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 or a handicap or something like that. And we'll get to feeling sorry for them. Don't feel sorry for them. God has got a purpose for them and He is using them for that. And they will accomplish that just like this tree. And so anyways, as we look at this, the first thing I want you to see in all of this is there is a need, a promise, and a disappointment. Okay? Alright, so what we've got is if you look at the first part of this chapter, uh, Jesus has come in and, and we have Palm Sunday, right? The verses, lead, first ten verses leading up to where I started reading is Palm Sunday. He makes his triumphal entry, right? He comes in on Palm Sunday, looks around, turns around and goes back out and goes to Bethany. If you'll remember, um, I guess it wasn't last week, it was week before last, last time I was up here and preached on a Sunday morning, I preached about some friends of Jesus's that lived in Bethany, right? Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Lazarus is the one that he had raised from the dead. Uh, maybe he went, it doesn't say he went back and spent the night at his house, but maybe he did go back and spend the night at his house, at their house. Then again, maybe he just went to Bethany and they camped out. Uh, you know, just as a little side note, we see in the verses that I read is he's coming back on Monday morning, right? This is the last week. This is the week leading up to the crucifixion, right? And so this is Monday morning. Sunday is the triumphal entry. Monday morning he's coming back in, getting ready to cleanse the temple and curse this fig tree. And on the way back in, he's hungry, right? He's looking for a little bit of breakfast. Now, just knowing Mary and Martha, I can't imagine Martha letting him leave the house without eating breakfast. So I kind of wonder if they can't, but it doesn't matter whatever the case may be. The point of this, of this story that we have here is not about breakfast, all right? It's about this fig tree not producing fruit and what it represents. So here he is with the twelve coming back in on Monday morning. I want you to notice first of all that it says that our Lord is hungry. Understand that he is God 100% and he's 100% man, but he's put on the robe of humanity here. And although, like I said, he is the God-man, 100% God and 100% man at the same time, and he is able to turn stones into bread. If you'll remember, that's exactly what the devil tempted him to do the 40 days that he was in the wilderness, but he did not use his power to do that. So the same is here. He chooses not to use his power to do that, but instead he simply looks for fruit to satisfy his hunger, a little bite to eat. And so the hunger is the need, right? I told you there's a need, there's a promise, and there's a disappointment. So the hunger is the need here. The fig tree that has the leaves on it is the promise. Now let me explain something because it, it, this I didn't really understand this until I understood a little bit about fig trees. Now I don't know anything about fig trees before I'd done a little study and uh, trying to figure this out right here. I never grow a fig tree, never been around a fig tree. Um, I've only had, outside of a fig newton, I've only had probably two or three 
figs in my whole life, all right? So anyways, uh, I just didn't know a lot about this stuff. And anyways, it says here that he, that he sees this fig tree. It's got leaves on it, uh, but when he goes up and inspects it, there's no fruit. And then it says it's not the time of the figs. And that just didn't make any sense to me. I didn't understand that. So anyways, uh, what you've got to understand is the fig tree. Now, I read a few different things. And some say that it, it produces a pre-fruit and then a fruit. Um, that doesn't really make sense to me. But regardless, the fig, the, the, the buds that the fruit come from start at the same time the leaves do. And they grow with the leaves. Now, at this time of year, uh, this was about a month and a half before it would have been ready to actually start getting ripe figs off of, Okay. But it should have had about a green fruit on it about the size of an almond. Now, it wasn't ripe yet, so it wouldn't have tasted the best. But a lot of poor people would eat it, and a lot of people that were traveling would eat it. It was edible. It was one of them things that, like my dad would say, if you're hungry, right? If you're hungry, you'd eat it, okay? And so anyways, the thing that is unique about this, I said it's a promise, right? is he sees from afar off. It tells us here in, these, in the scriptures, it says um, in verse 13, And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves. All the other fig trees that they'd come across didn't have no leaves yet because it was too early in the year. But here is this one fig tree, plumb full of leaves. He sees it from a great distance. That's the promise, right? That it has fruit. If it has leaves, it has fruit. It's too early, right? It's not going to be ripe yet, but it will have fruit. And this is the first one, so this is the first fruits. If you really want to get deep into all of this, you go through the Old Testament, you look at Jeremiah, Hosea, uh, Micah, and it seems like another one, maybe Zechariah. They all use the fig tree to symbolize, to represent the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel was supposed to be bringing the first fruit. There's, it is no coincidence that in the middle of him talking about this fig tree, he goes down to the temple and he cleans it out, right? This is when he runs the money changers out of there, turns the tables over. <coughs> Excuse me, wouldn't let them buy or sell. So we see that he has, he's, he's hungry, and that's the need. We see the fig tree has leaves that's the promise we i've tried to explain that because it had leaves that it should have had fruit on it even though it wasn't time to pick it yet and it wasn't ripe yet it was still edible you could still eat it if you was hungry the lord sees it from afar off the promise he goes up to it expecting to get fruit from it and he sees that it is barren it has, it has no fruit. In other words, it is worthless. You see, the leaves advertised that it has fruit. But instead, here's what I'm getting at. Verse 13. Is it verse 13? Yes, verse 13. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if happily he might find anything thereon. Sees the promise afar off. This is the first fruits, right? This is the first fig tree with leaves and a lot of leaves. Should have fruit. 
And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. He found nothing but leaves. He doesn't find the fruit that it had promised. He finds nothing but leaves. Let me explain the point that he is trying to make. The temple was like that fig tree. Jerusalem, the temple, and the Jews, right? That should have been the first fruits. They should have been that fig tree. And they had a big fancy temple out there that you could see from a long ways away. It's the promise of the presence of God, but God is not there. That's what the point that he's trying to make with this fig tree. But let's go, let's go a step further. I think we probably understood, right? All along, Jesus is called the, the religious leaders of that day, uh, whitewashed uh, sepulchers, right? They were, you know, they were like graves that looked all pretty on the outside, but the inside was full of dead bones, right? So we, we understand that. But let's make a spiritual application here. Our Lord desires spiritual fruit. He desired it from Israel, which was supposed to be the first fruits, and they did not produce it. They were like this worthless fig tree. There was nothing but leaves. Jesus expects spiritual fruit from you and me today. John chapter 15 and verse 16, Jesus says, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. That is what we've been called to do. He wants us to bear fruit. But too sadly, too often, he finds nothing but leaves. Nothing but leaves. When he comes and inspects for fruit, there's nothing there but leaves. An appearance of righteousness. Appearance of Christianity and salvation, right? But it's nothing but leaves. It's not actually producing fruit. It's worthless. It's barren. It's no good. You know, as a pastor, it's an encouragement to see the lost come to Christ. It really is. Uh, I can't emphasize to you what kind of an encouragement it is. It's an encouragement to see that new Christian to go on and get baptized, right? To follow the Lord, take that first step in obedience and follow the Lord. And it's an encouragement to see that spiritual growth happening. And when you see that, you begin to think, praise the Lord, there's another laborer you know, in, our, in our father's business, right? There's another soldier, another person to serve the Lord with. Another person to, you know, to, to help carry that burden, you think there's just so much need out here. But how often when our Lord comes and inspects, actually what he finds is nothing but leaves. I thought, I've had plenty of time to think about these leaves, and I've thought about these leaves for a little bit. Let me share with you just a, two or three of the leaves that he finds. First leaf I thought about was a leaf of prayer. Think about this for a minute. You might say, well, Preacher, what's a leaf of prayer? You took too much cold medicine. You've lost your mind. No, stay with me for a minute. How often have we made a commitment to pray? Yet no fruit. No outpouring. No intercession. No, we make no actual changes in our prayer life. You see, it's nothing but leaves. What about a leaf of repentance? 
How many times has your soul been stung by the Word of God? Your heart pricked by the message. Your spirit grieved over your disobedience. Conviction is poured out on you. But in reality, all you have is regrets without making any real determination to change things. Regrets without any real repentance. You're sorry uh, that you got caught, but you're not sorry enough to make any changes. You see nothing but leaves. How often do you hate the evil you're surrounded with and maybe you're living it? <coughs> you can't stand the way you're living. But you do little to nothing to change it. You see, it's nothing but leaves. No fruit. Nothing but leaves. <coughs> Excuse me. What about a leaf of compassion? Your heart is stirred. Your eyes are filled with tears as you think about the lost. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe you just picture people dying and going to hell. The Spirit has moved on you. You come to the altar. You make promises and vows to God. You tell God you'll do whatever it takes to win the lost to Jesus. You say you have a burden for this person. Oh, look how beautiful those leaves are. Yet when Jesus comes and takes a look, he finds nothing but leaves. No real burden for the lost. No action, no serious efforts, no sleepless nights of prayer, no real conviction, no days of fasting, nothing but leaves. Let me share one more leaf with you. What about a leaf of duty? You see, think about all these other leaves I've described. Someone saw your leaves of prayer. And they saw all them pretty leaves of repentance and the time on the altar. They seen those beautiful leaves of compassion. So they thought you'd be perfect for a position of a, maybe a teacher, Sunday, or maybe a Sunday school teacher, or, or perhaps even a deacon. Immediately you're excited, but soon your excitement and joy turns into dread. You have no sincere desire to serve the Lord in any real or meaningful way. Oh, you might hold the position. But the truth is, there's nothing there but leaves. I told you that there is a need, a promise, and a disappointment. The need was as Jesus was hungry. The promise was the trees with leaves on it. Looked good from a ways off. The disappointments when he got there and upon inspection, right? There was nothing there but leaves. There was no fruit. So then we have a judgment and a curse. Look at verse 14. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. That's the curse. I want you to notice the curse there in, in 14. I also want you to notice that 
Peter was amazed by how quickly all of this happened. If you look down, verses 15 through 19, we have everything that, uh, him going on the rest of Monday, right? We have the rest of Monday where he goes into the temple, runs out the money changers, right? They basically made the temple into, I don't know, a cross between a bank and a flea market. Well, maybe not a flea market, but they were buying and selling sacrifices and trading money and doing all kinds of business there. And Jesus, he turned the tables over, run them out of there, cleaned the place out, got onto them and said, look, you know, he's quoting, uh, what is he, quoting Jeremiah whenever he says that you made my house, uh, uh, my house, talking about his, you know, he's quoting God saying that my house is supposed to be a house of prayer and you made it a den of thieves. And then they go back and in the next morning, Tuesday morning, you see in verse 20, this says, In the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Verse 21, And Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Right, he's remembering what happened the morning before. Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursedest is withered away. Peter is uh, he's amazed at how quick all this happened. The tree withered, and it can no longer... Falsely advertise fruit that it does not have. Look, this is a big deal. Too often we take it lightly, the curse and the judgment of God for doing nothing. We take it too lightly. We think it's no big deal, nothing will happen, right? We, so often... We get so, in our minds, we're so mixed up on what it means to be a Christian and what we're supposed to do. We think that the, the end of it all is me or you getting saved, right? Us individually getting saved, right? We think, I'm the fruit, right? And, and the Lord's come along and harvested, right? I've gotten saved, right? That's it. I just sat down. I just plopped down and just sat here until I rot and go home. But what He desires from us is more fruit. The reason that you're not, if you're saved, but not in heaven, you're here for a reason. God's got something for you to do. He desires for us to produce more fruit. You know, the Lord one day, He will inspect the fruit. And if you've done Nothing. You will hear him say just exactly what he said to that fig tree. Nothing but leaves. No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And then you'll hear him say, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. When the day comes that the Lord peeks beneath those leaves of yours, What's he going to find? Will he find a hearer, but not a doer of the word? Will he see broken vows? Will he see an exterior of holiness that inwardly is full of corruption? Will he find doctrine without deeds? Right? In other words, Bible learning without any actions behind it. Will he, find, will he find show without substance? Will he find religious talk with carnal living, right? Worldly living, living like the rest of the world, living in sin. In other words, talk like a Christian on Sunday and live like the world on Monday. Will he find nothing but leaves? So let me just end with this.
I think, I think every single person fits in one of three categories. So let me, I've got something for each one of you. For those of you who are the nothing but leaves, let me make a couple suggestions to you. First of all, confess your sin of idleness to God. Right? Not to some man, but to God. Confess your sin of false advertisement. If you're nothing but leaves, you're just like his fig tree. He cursed. You're false advertisement. You say you're a Christian when you don't, you don't produce fruit. Confess your sin of, of, of if you're like the uh, Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious leaders of that day, then confess your sin of pomp and ceremony. Confess your sin of pride and pretension. It's time that you bore fruit. Hurry now before our Lord comes and finds nothing believed. Here, here this morning what John chapter 15 verse 2 says the first part of it says every branch in me that beareth not fruit he taketh away if you, if you read John chapter 15 you'll find that the branches that don't bear fruit they are cut off and thrown in the fire and burned you need to start those that are nothing but leaves you need to start actually doing something instead of just looking like you're doing something now to the one who actually is producing some fruit, but maybe desires to produce even more. Hear the rest of what John 15, 2 says. It says, Every branch that bringeth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Desires to bring forth more fruit. So for those that are bringing forth fruit, ask him to purge you, to purify you, so that you, the, you can reach an even higher level of fruitfulness for Him. So you can bring forth even more fruit. You see, our Lord desires more fruit from you. And then lastly, for the one who is here this morning that's not saved, you not only do not have any fruit, but you got no leaves either. You don't even look like it. You're not even part of the tree. You are spiritually dead. And because of that, you face total destruction and ruin of hell itself. So I'm begging you this morning, turn. Turn to God and repent before it's too late. Surrender your heart and your life to Jesus Christ and make Him Lord of your life. I'm telling you, it is the best thing uh, that you'll ever do. Uh, friends, let me tell you something. I spent, uh, Man, I've been in all three of those classes. And I'm telling you, there is nothing, nothing like being uh, giving it all to Jesus. Finally turn it loose, right? Quit trying to just show leaves and look like you're something that you're not. I'm telling you, that's worse than, than any of the rest of it. Uh, but uh, And I've been there. I've been lost. I've been uh, nothing but leaves. But I'm telling you right now, when you turn it over to Jesus and give it all to Him and say, Here I am, Lord. Purge me. Here I am. Cleanse me, Lord. Here I am. Use me, Lord. I am yours. Friends, let me tell you something. That is when you'll begin 
And look, it's just a taste of what God's got waiting for you. But that is when you'll begin to experience uh, uh, the blessings of God, uh, the richness of heaven. Glory, <coughs> glory to God. Hallelujah. Woo! Oh, it's good to be a child of the King. I can leave here shouting this morning. Can you? Hallelujah. Would you stand to your feet? I want to open the altar and I want to give you a chance to come this morning. If the Spirit of God is dealing with you, would you come this morning? Maybe you're one of those nothing believes. I'm telling you, come. Come this morning. Repent. Pour your heart out. Maybe you're one of those that's not even saved. Your name's not in the Lamb's Book of Life. You're not on, you know you'll go to hell if you die. Would you come and would you turn it over to Him before it's too late? Maybe you're one of those that you've been producing fruit, but you just need to produce more. And ask the Lord to purge you. Ask Him to help you. Ask Him to, to, you know, to trim back just a little bit on them branches so that you can produce even more fruit. Whatever the need is here this morning. Don't miss this opportunity. Would you come this morning? Would you come?